Welcome to another episode of the Live Better Podcast. I am the show's host, Nate Fetcher, President and CEO here at Pierce Pepin Cooperative Services. As always, I am joined by Brooke and Dave for another episode. Good morning. Good morning. Good morning. Well, it's been a couple of weeks. Uh, we had a, a little bit of a break last week, and uh, of course, we had a lot of winter weather last week, and, and now here we are on Monday again getting, uh, I don't know what this is, uh, slush, slush, uh, ice. I, it's just kind of a mixture of everything. Yeah, it's a nightmare. Uh, it was a, uh, I think it was 34 degrees at my home this morning, and it was rain. My car was wet, you know, uh, but again, glare ice driveway, glare ice side streets, but I was fine. You know, I have a long commute. Going down the highway was fine. I get to work, and there was probably a, at least a quarter inch, maybe half inch of solid ice covering my whole car. So, I mean, it was freezing rain the whole way in here. Uh, yeah. No, it was not fun at all. Yeah. Yeah. We it, it, it seems like the last, I don't know, probably two, three weeks, we've had, we've had our fair share of the ups and downs of weather. So what was it? Maybe about two weeks ago, we had like an inch of rain that fell on fell on that Tuesday. It mm-hmm. melted like a lot of the snow. It was wonderful. Yeah, it, I mean, and and kind of washed the roads, and and then it starts to warm up, and you're starting to mm-hmm. think, okay, we're we're maybe heading towards spring, and then wham! Last week we get hit with uh, I don't know, 14, 15 inches of snow. Do you, do you guys know what you had at your house? I think I, I had close to about. 12 or 13 maybe altogether. Yeah, and it was nice that it was yeah. spread out a little bit, so I was able to clear the driveway a couple of times. It was like uh, a slow motion storm. Yeah, it was right. kind of nice that way. Yeah, the, the two waves. I mean, in fact, it, it, the first wave I think we got was last week on Tuesday, right? And then, and then we kind of had a little bit of a lull on Wednesday, and then it picked up Wednesday afternoon. But then it was really done by, by Thursday morning. Right. But it's amazing how much, I mean, snow came down. Literally in what maybe about ten hours, maybe eight hours or so, because it, yeah. it really didn't start snowing hard, at least at, not hard at our house until probably five or six o'clock that night, and and then it was pretty much done by you know mid morning. So I guess maybe a little bit more than twelve hours, but yep. mm-hmm. yeah, it, uh, it it certainly makes uh, uh, weather travel uh, life uh, interesting in here and. Western Wisconsin, and then and then again today, it feels like, I mean, as hard as it's raining right now, it feels like we could have easily another inch of rain, which if that were just pure snow, uh, could be, what, maybe 10, 11, 12 inches more, right. more snow. Yep. Could you imagine? Yeah, I'm, I'm really uh, excited about uh, our, our forecast, at least the next week or so, where it's supposed to be, I think, in the mid, mid-30s or so, because... That'll start putting at least a little bit of a dent on all the snow, yeah. and, and that's what I mean when I go back and I talk and I think about well, you know, we were on this kind of I, I call it the glide path of spring, where we were starting to get the melt, the snow was starting to go down, we were starting to have sunny days, and now I'm kind of like we completely fell off the glide path, mm-hmm. and, and we got to get back on that. Exactly. I, know, I was telling everybody, I'm like, I really feel like it's going to be an early spring. I feel it, and I still kind of do, but. This was just a little setback. So, <laughs> so define early spring. When, 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 okay. when would you, if spring came early, what would that, what would that look like, and when, what day would that be? I feel like March nineteenth. <laughs> no, no, just like sometime <laughs> in March, where you kind of have that last. Usually, we get like one good dump of snow um, in March, and then it just kind of goes away after that, and then there's no more snow. We were, me and my husband were just talking about, oh gosh, what was it, twenty ten? 
2009 when it was like February and all the snow melted and mm-hmm. it never came back. And it was the most amazing year. And he's like, you remember that of all <laughs> the things? I have a horrible memory, but I remember that winter because it yeah. was just the most marvelous. So, I mean, March would be cool. Yeah. Or even April. Contrast that to just three or four springs ago on April 15th. Uh, <laughs> We had like 15 inches of snow. Yeah. yeah. A huge storm. So it's very variable, isn't it? Yes. It could yeah. be anything. We, so we have some family coming to town this next week, and we were trying to time it up because we think they came about this time last year, and I, I think they actually did. It was relatively within you know a few days here or there. And, and I, for some reason, had in the back of my mind that all of our snow was gone at that point. But I... Now we go back to, you know, your photos on your phone <laughs> and you try to get a glimpse <laughs> of, well, you know, did we take a picture outside? What did it look like? Yeah. You know, mm-hmm. and I'm pretty sure that it was, we still had snow at that point, but it wasn't, it wasn't a lot. Yeah. The, just last March, you're saying? Like this, a year ago. Yep. Year, yeah. So say I had uh, maternity pictures last, you know, mid March and it was, there wasn't much left. There was like patches of snow. Yeah. But otherwise I was in the woods and it was like pretty open and in the woods, it's usually mm-hmm. less likely to melt. Yeah, that's what I was thinking. I, and 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 I I somehow I think you know conflated this in my head, but I was thinking that we we had actually had weather that we were sitting out, you know, side and mm-hmm. for some reason I was thinking maybe I'd even done some lawn work, but but I think that was actually two years ago, and the family that came actually came later. I think they came in actually around April, probably about sure. April fifteenth or so. <laughs> so <laughs> it's funny how you know you get into these kind of patterns of where you have people that come to visit you, you know, every spring or whatever, and you kind of get used to them coming, and, and then you start to go, well, what was the weather like when they were here? And if they came a little bit later, well, then, you know, you just have this mental image, well, the weather must always be nice because that's what it was like, you know, when they yeah, came exactly. two years ago. So, yeah, well, we're going to we're gonna hope uh, and pray uh, that um, this is maybe the last of the big storms. I mean, I think it's unreasonable to think that we won't get a little bit of snow here and there, but... Uh, let's just hope that's last of the big storms. And I, I, do, I did notice, drove around a little bit uh, uh, Saturday and Sunday, a uh, lot of snowmobiling going on. Yeah. Um, what makes me a little nervous, and this is maybe my public service announcement, I drove by a number of places on the road where our orange fiber stakes, you can literally only see about the top 10 inches or so sure. of those fiber stakes. And I just, all of a sudden, I got really, really nervous about seeing you know, those snowmobiles zipping along in the ditches and right off the side of the road, just thinking yeah. to myself, boy, at night, it'd be really hard to see see that stuff. Yeah. So would, be careful yeah. out there. Be careful. <laughs> yeah. obstacles. And, and the, the broadband pedestals are, are fiberglass. The electric uh, transformer pads are, are metal. So you don't want to hit either one, but... Uh, you can do some serious damage in a hurry. So be careful while you're out there if you're out there uh, snowmobiling. Speaking of uh, broadband pedestals and internet, uh, we're of course gearing up here for spring, getting ready to do sort of our our big spring construction, which includes getting more people signed up, uh, finishing off our mainline construction in a few areas. Of course, we've had a lot of people that have signed up, want service. Uh, We weren't able to get their drops. So Brooke, tell us a little bit about that process this year and what's going to be a little bit new and, and what we're doing to get ready for that. Yeah, so this year um, we have a slightly different order process. Um, really what we're doing is um, when people had expressed their interest in service before, they'd went onto the website, put in their address and said, you know, hey, I 
I would like service and we'd reach out to them. Um, I did a little bit different this year and they'll be able to go to that website and actually start their service order. They'll be able to choose their speed package, tell us where they want their NID, um, the gray box that goes on the side of your house, where they want that to go. Um, within a couple of days, they'll get an email that signs to sign their terms and conditions. They can pay their construction fees, like everything. It's kind of streamlining it. So I'm really excited to get that going. We sent out the first batch on Friday and I already gotten a pile of them back. Um, so really focusing on that this week, everyone that has expressed interest, we're sending out direct emails saying, hey, let's do your service order. Let's get this going um, so that they're in the queue for spring and summer so we can really get organized about each each um, node or area that we're working on and um, really hone in and get everyone done that wants to be done. Yeah. And, and what's important about that is, is we want to get our backlog, right? We want to yeah. get our our backlog of orders, not that they're going to start being done today or tomorrow, but but from our contractor's perspective, they want to start gearing up and making sure they got enough um, crews and, and equipment and other other things lined up to, to be able to handle this. And so if they don't really know in totality what they're going to have to work on, it's kind of hard for them to, to plan for that. So we're really kind of trying to build that that backlog right now for them and, and get ready. And so that's kind of talking a little bit about the the areas that have already uh, sort of uh, have the mainline uh, fiber, if you will, completed. What what about those areas that are phase three and and what are, what are we looking for? When, when do you think we'll start taking orders for for those in phase three? Um, phase three, I think it will be more this summer, um, later spring, summer. Um, it, there's kind of a lot riding on once we know road bands, like when we can actually get going. Mm-hmm. Um, I think we'll focus on that phase two. We'll get those service orders now, but I I would say late spring, early summer, we'll get service orders for phase three so that we can do the same kind of same thing. Decide how many people in each area want service and then the contractors can plan accordingly. Yeah. And I think, you know, like last year, uh, we didn't get started with really, you know, the main construction until about the beginning of May. And that was just because there was so much frost on the ground. Of course, we just uh, spent the first few minutes here talking about, the weather and, and the impact of that. And of course that impacts construction season too. So if it all melts off here, you know, in the next three weeks, well, we're probably, we're probably doing construction yeah. in in April. Um, if it takes another six weeks to get all the snow melted off and road bands lifted and all that, um, then, then certainly we're probably a little bit further out. But once the, the key here is, is once we're ready to go, we want everything lined up. We want we want to start yeah. doing drops. We want to get start getting people service. We don't want there to be any delays. Mm-hmm. And uh, it's not, you know, I, w- I won't say it's really a first come first serve basis because that's not exactly how it is, but it certainly helps us know the sooner people get those orders in and, and get ready, uh, s- certainly seems like it helps us get, get better prepared for that. Definitely. And then, well, it seems like so many people, they wait until all of a sudden there's somebody at their neighbor's house and they're like, well, my neighbor's getting service right now. Yes, but they also put in their order months ago. So we've been planning to do this. Now we need to, you know, get yours in, and then eventually the contractors have to come back and do that. And so it's just a lot easier to hit everyone at once. Well, and that's a great point. I mean, the efficiency that you gain by, uh, if if you've got a few in the same neighborhood, well, then guess what? They don't have to uh, put the equipment back on the trailer. They can just, you know, go yeah. from one to the next to the next, yep. and and knock those out. Of course, that gets those done quicker. It means more people can get installed quicker. I mean, so there's definitely a, a, a downstream impact if, if people uh, wait to get um, 
they get signed up uh, much better if they do it ahead of time. Yeah, and I think that we'll just kind of spend the next probably two months really honing in on those areas and making sure everyone who wants service is signed up. Yeah. Um, so that's going to be kind of my responsibility. Yeah, <laughs> absolutely. Well, we're looking forward to that, and I think the new process hopefully will help streamline our activities, make it a little more efficient, uh, really really make it so that customers uh, kind of have to have to do it once and, and sort of you know get through the process and then and then just wait until uh, we show up with the contractors to do the work. Now, what what are some things that, you know, if I'm a homeowner, um, besides signing up, you know, what, what are some of the other things you might recommend that they can do to sort of get ready for, mm-hmm. for their install and, and get ready for yeah. taking service? Um, I would say kind of decide where you want your equipment to live within the house. Um, I usually say like a central room where you're mostly using it on that same level that you're mostly using it. So for me, it's the living room is like central hub of my house. Um, but that's, you know, not where my um, equipment comes in. It comes into the, the basement. So we had to run up an ethernet line. So it just, it's different for everybody. Um, so, I mean, through the order process, there's like a, a picture on there, but always if people are not sure where to put it, they can call us. But um, usually we say, you know, a central, like I said, central area, um, if there's an exterior wall, let's go to that exterior wall and try to get the fiber right into that room. Um, that's the easiest so that we have that nid right outside that room um, on the outside of the house. Well, and you make a good point, right? Because, you know, th- there are some people that want to have hardwire connections, whether that's to their, you know, to their home office area or maybe a TV or whatever. So, so those are really things that they could be doing now to get prepared if, if those things aren't done already. Um, they could start thinking about, well, do I want to run some extra Ethernet cable? And, of course, um, we do have some electrician services. I know we're, we're always uh, keeping, keeping our master electrician busy, but um, that is something that we could help with, too, yeah. if, if someone needs some uh, more home wiring or, yeah. you know, potentially even needing another outlet place in the home that would be maybe more convenient. Those are things that we can help, too, on a, on a uh, appointment uh, scheduling basis. We don't typically do that with the home install for the broadband, but, but certainly we could do that ahead of schedule and get, get you know, a homeowner ready for that. Yeah, and one thing people have been doing, um, the people building ho- homes have been calling in and talking to me. I'm like, thank you for doing this now. <laughs> Just because it's so much easier when you're laying everything out. Like, let's talk about where you want your stuff to live, what connections you need between the rooms. Oh, my gosh, I provided, um, you know, the jumper cable, like everything um, for those people building homes. And then all of a sudden it comes time for install and it's done. Like everything's figured out. They know exactly where stuff's going. It's just, it's so seamless. So it's definitely reach out. Like if you're building, let's let's start that conversation. And and I've sort of come full circle on this. So I remember back in the call of the early 2000s when uh, high speed broadband was becoming a thing. A lot of people started uh, running Ethernet cables to every single room. Right? You know, they 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 made them so that they were ready for the future. And then it seemed like probably around I'm going to say 2010 2012. The notion of that kind of stopped because it was like, well, you're going to have Wi-Fi and you'll be able to do everything off of Wi-Fi and you don't need to spend all that money running Ethernet cables. And now I've kind of come back the other direction and said, you know, when you're when the walls are opened up on your house and you are running you know, your, your electric for your rooms and doing all that, it's probably a good time to just put the Ethernet cable in because you're never going to get a better connection than a hardwire right. connection. I mean, that's just bar none, right? Yeah, yeah. And so, and then the other thing that I've noticed um, that's starting to be done, which I which I think is kind of an interesting concept, is uh, they'll take a piece of um, 
uh, conduit. It's usually plastic, but um, if they they'll run that through the house to wherever they want uh, that service to come in, and then that way when we come in and do the install, uh, they can just fish right through that piece of conduit, so they don't even have to worry about drilling holes in the wall. And usually that little piece of conduit will come right up to the outside where we, we're going to place the nid at. Yep. And uh, makes it really, really seamless to to run the the fiber into the ONT and then go from there. Yeah. yeah, I've definitely I've talked to three or four homeowners in the last couple months and provided them with that that fiber to go in there while they're doing it, um, while they're doing wiring and stuff. Yeah. It was way easier just to put it in now, and then when we come to the install, that's one less step to do. Yeah, so. that's a great point. Yeah, so if you're if you're building a house and or remodeling and, and you want to think about this, this would be, this is a great time. We'll, we'll provide you some materials to help do that. And, and, uh, either, like I said, work with your local electrician or, or if you're remodeling or, or you have an existing home and, and you want us to show up and, and help, we can, we can certainly do that. And this is actually a really good segue because, uh, one of the things that we've been working on is doing uh, load controller replacements at many of our uh, member homes today and um, and Dave just give us the maybe the the 15 20 second 30 second overview of what a load controller is for those people that are totally sure. familiar with that well the load controller or load management receiver is basically the simplest way to put it it's a switch so it's a device mounted on or in the house most often on the outside of the house that it has the ability to receive a signal from the utility to curtail a certain load in the house, like shut off your water heater for a couple hours or um, various things like that. And it, it's, that's the interconnection from our demand response or load management program to be able to shed demand on the system on a system-wide basis. So basically, it's just a switch. Yeah. And, and you said that they're typically on the outside, although they do end up sometimes being on the inside. Is that, is that true in the garage or other places? Yeah, absolutely. They could be... Um, well, if you, if you think about the types of things that are normally connected to one of these switches, it kind of gives you an idea of where they might be. So um, any electric water heater, 50 gallons or larger on Pierce Pepin's territories, probably is or was or should be or might have been <laughs> on a, on a low-control switch at some point. And that ideally would have been placed outside the house, but it could be anywhere the back front side of the house. And then a wire is run to the circuit breaker panel and or the water heater. And... The same type of concept applies for in a, if you had a dual fuel or a heat meter on your house, any kind of uh, off-peak or dual fuel or storage rate heating is also connected to a load controller. And that's typically mounted on or near the, load, the, the off-peak meter that's on the house. But the circumstance where the, the load controller is inside the house is when it was uh, typically like a an old farmhouse or something where it's difficult to poke through that basement wall. Um, it's a lot easier just to mount it inside by the water heater or next to the circuit breaker panel itself. And those obviously are a little tougher to get at because they're, uh, you know, somebody's got to be home, obviously. We've got to be able to get into the house to, to maintain those or swap them out or test them. Right. And, and, and I guess maybe same question about, you know, getting ready for that. I mean, certainly... Um, we're we're looking at trying to uh, gain some additional efficiencies, but if if I'm a homeowner, um, at some point I know that maybe my my load uh, management receiver uh, is going to be uh, replaced. What what are just some things maybe today that I could do to get ready for that? Sure, that would be ideal if we could 
if, if our technicians or electrician or our contractors could show up and know that there's a, uh, a walkable path to the, to the location of that load controller on the outside of the house or it, to the milk house or wherever there's a, a load controller, for them physical, physically be able to walk up to it and get at it without chipping away a foot of ice, you know, <laughs> or something. But um, it is what it is. Sometimes the weather is, is what it is. So uh, we're used to dealing with all kinds of situations. But basically to have a safe, uh, a manageable path to the thing. And um, it, if it is inside the house, to keep um, the immediate vicinity around your circuit breaker panel and or your utility room accessible, you know, move the cat box or the, or the golf clubs, or, you know, so they, they can access you're, the area. You're being, you're being way too polite, Dave. What I think what you're trying to say is get your junk out of the way <laughs> so we can get to it, whether that's on the outside or on the inside, right? Right, right. You know, we're, we're not, uh, we're, we're not the moving company. We can't help uh, probably move a bunch of stuff out of the way, but, but certainly uh, a, a clear path to know where we're trying to get to always helps. Yeah, it'll save a lot of time. Uh, we'll be able to get be more efficient and get get more more jobs done each day if we can have a good path. Yeah, absolutely. And and we'll talk some more about kind of uh, scheduling and our process around that here as as we get uh, more and more uh, defined around that. We're we're doing uh, these you know right now. Um, we're doing them sort of a little bit uh, concurrently with doing some meter. Uh, change outs, which is a big project that's that's going on right now, which we've talked a little bit here in the past on our podcast about. But we'll uh, we'll keep uh, updating our our members on that, and hopefully recognizing that um, you know we're we're trying to build some additional efficiencies into that, as as we mentioned. And and uh, stay tuned, I guess, is my my final word on that. So. Well, here we are. We're we're at the end of uh, February, uh, so uh, we've got a couple of events um, this week. Uh, we've got our board meeting on Thursday night, and then I also want to just mention um, that we've got the chamber uh, flex event here on Wednesday. Brooke, tell us a little bit about uh, what, what that group is and yeah. and huh. what they're what they're expecting out of us here <laughs> at Pierce Pepin on Wednesday. Well, flex is uh, so future leaders and entrepreneurs exchange. Wow. Um, so it's, I mean, it's supposed to be like a group of young professionals. Don't worry, they don't check IDs. Um, <laughs> anybody, honestly, is welcome. It's just, it's a good group of people. Do they check gray hairs, though? Uh, I hope not. <laughs> <laughs> no, um, no they, they've been really good about um, mostly just getting together, getting to know everyone in the area, socializing. I mean, it's just a good way to, to go out and meet people and learn how you can get involved in your community. Um, so they have speakers and stuff every once in a while. So Nate gets to be this week or this month. I'm sorry. Um, sometimes it's speakers. Sometimes it's outings. They did bowling. They've done, um, the ice skating was canceled because of weather, but, um, just different things that you can get out and do. So it's, you can always look at the chamber website and see what they're doing. Um, seeing if that's interesting for you, but definitely, um, something fun to do. And what are you talking about? Well, that, that, <laughs> I haven't read that yet. Yeah, that, I, that's what I'm asking you. About. What <laughs> oh. am I supposed to? What am I supposed to talk about? Yeah, I guess we'll have to we'll have to get get on the same page yeah. uh, after uh, offline on that uh, and get get prepared for that. But no, we're we're happy to host uh, that group, and and uh, I think it's it's really a, a good group of uh, individuals. Uh, I, I I know some of them. Brooks obviously one of those those people, and um, they're uh, passionate about trying to encourage our business community, developing future leaders uh, in our business community and just making it stronger. And 
the way that we uh, we're going about doing that in terms of networking and providing opportunities for for people to exchange ideas and business cards and things like that, I think is is really great. And kudos to the uh, to the chamber for for supporting that. And and really, I think this group kind of kind of was self created in a lot of ways. Yeah. Uh, which is really cool too, um, by the individuals that are that are part of it. So yeah, I will say just the one. I mean, my position here at Pierce Pepin is to be part of the community groups, but being new to an area, um, the best thing I can say if you're new to an area and you don't know like how to get out and about, get involved in your chamber. Um, I it's so amazing that I've only lived here a couple of years and I can go to events, go to the grocery store and know people already. So it's it's neat to drive down the road and be like, I, I know that person, I know that person. And it's happened so fast. Um, I lived in Duluth for a couple of years. I know that's a bigger city, but there was none of that. Like it was always new people everywhere you went. Um, it was really fast here to develop that sense of community. Um, and I, I very much say that that was because of being part of the chamber. Um, they're so welcoming and it's such a big group. Um, yeah, just... My two cents. If you're new to community, just please reach out to your chamber. Yeah, it's awesome. It's it's a great, uh, great group. Uh, the chamber, uh, those that participate in the flex events, and um, yeah, and and I will say, I mean, in this area, we're we're probably uh, uh, overly fortunate uh, to have. I mean, we've got both uh, you know, local chambers and in, in each of our different communities: uh, Ellsworth, Prescott, um, River Falls, uh, Spring Valley is. Has started up a group. We have our economic development corporation. We have a tourism group. So there, there's lots of different ways uh, for for individuals to get involved. And uh, certainly, whether you live in our area or you're listening to this from from somewhere else, I encourage you to to take part uh, in those events. Um, I just want to make a, a quick note here that we're a little over 30 days away or so from our annual meeting, which is at the uh, the end of March. So that'll be here. Uh, before we know it and and uh, this year we have a uh, director elections as we always do every year but we've got a, a, a race this year in in one of our uh, districts where we've got three different candidates all new uh, the uh, existing director uh, Joe Bacon is uh, stepping down after a number of years of service and and uh, so we'll have a new director here uh, as part of our board of directors at Pierce Pepin we're really excited about that I think we've got three great candidates but of course, uh, our members uh, elect our directors, and so hopefully we'll see uh, good good turnout and participation in that. And then next week, um, so Dave, are you going down to Nashville next week? I am not this You're year. Not I'm, this I'm year. Okay. This year. I was Last trying. Year I, so. I was trying to remember if you were heading down there. Well, we can't take the road show with just one <laughs> one person. That'd be that'd be kind of weird. It'd just be like the Nate and Nashville show, you know, for for a week. So we'll have to figure out uh, maybe what we can do to to sort of supplement next week's episode. But yeah, next week is our uh, it's our National Rural Electric Cooperative Association or NRECA. Uh, it's kind of their national show, their annual meeting. Um, they do a separate part of it, which is called uh, Tech Advantage, which is uh, just filled with uh, tons of educational training events. Um, there's a, a trade show floor that um, if you've ever been to the Nashville Convention Center uh, or any of these big convention centers, I mean, they fill up like an entire auditorium room. I mean, there's hundreds of vendors there uh, spread out. I mean, I, I'm going to guess at Nashville, it's probably two football fields, maybe two and a half football fields worth of, 
of trade show vendors that are yeah. there, and it's Gigantic. it's yeah. I mean, they they bring in big bucket trucks, and um, you know, you see these giraffe saws that go up. I mean, they've got all this equipment that gets brought in there. Um, not to mention just all the booze of you know people that um, have products and services and cool. materials. Yeah, it's it's really uh, a great event. Um, actually, I think about three years ago. Uh, we did a uh, live from the trade show uh, podcast. Oh my gosh, that'd um, be kind of fun. Yeah, which was kind of fun. I, I don't think they've done that since. But if if we find a, a spot to slide in and and do uh, do our podcast from there, maybe we'll we'll try to do that. But looking forward to that. So one way or the other, we'll be back here uh, in a couple of weeks uh, with more of our podcast or live better podcast here from Pierce Pepin. So have a great week, everyone. Have a great have week. A good one.